The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. What is up? Wednesday, that means Todd McShay throughout the college football season. It means Kirby Hocutt the day after the committee college football playoff rank has come out. So that means 1.30 Eastern. Will Cain, again, my co-host today, the Rossillo Show on ESPN. We're running Radio. out of Wednesdays, man. I know. I thought this was going to be your last no, one. This team played over enough. here. Be back in two weeks. Nice. Back so next Monday, too. I might have to sneak on sneak on over. Done. So I was actually, we were going to do this kind of farewell production, and now we don't have to do any of it. So that's... Eh, put on ice. That's good. We'll put Will that off for a couple weeks. Will your lip quiver when it finally comes to an end? Yes. Will you well up? But, I'll just get my Wednesdays back. Yeah, there you go. His wife will be back. I know why you do this. A lot, of, a lot of guys work a lot because they like to get out of the house. Not Todd. Todd's in love. Love, baby. All right. Me, too. Speaking of a tear. <laughs> just so we're all... <laughs> Speaking of a tear... Uh, we did this story yesterday because it happened while we were on the air, and that's Eli Manning bench for the rest of the season. Giants, everybody's freaking out. We've had some time to think about it. But here is Eli yesterday when first asked about it at his locker. Very emotional. Does this move make any sense to you? You know, I, um, I don't have to make sense of it. That's uh, This is what it is, and like I said, uh, yeah, you got to deal with it. That's hard. It's been a hard, uh, hard, you know, hard day to handle this, but uh, you know, hang in there and figure it out. Hardest, hardest things the Giants. Uh, it's up there. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you might have started your last game for the Giants? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I'll uh, take it one week at a time. Now, if you're listening on radio, you go, Rosillo, that wasn't very emotional. But there was a video there where he looked like he was on the verge, and it would make sense. Okay, so now that we've had a oh, night to sleep on, it, yeah, voice oh, yeah. shaky, no, no doubt about it. Is now it that I've now that I've had a, a night to sleep on it, I'm where I was yesterday. I mean, this makes no sense to me, and this isn't coming from any perspective where I'm like a huge Eli Manning fan. I think I've spent most of the past couple of years talking about him being mostly overrated, but this just makes zero sense, Ryan. Every which way I add it up, I look for an excuse for the Giants, a logical reason for the Giants to bench Eli Manning, it doesn't hold up to me. I don't think you're going to be evaluating Geno Smith. I think that's nonsense. I don't think any fair evaluation on Davis Webb. I don't think Davis Webb could do anything anyway to keep them from drafting a quarterback in the first round. I don't think they're better with Geno than they are with Eli. And the truth is, on the tanking, which you brought up yesterday... And everybody's shooting down, by the way. No, but here's my only response to that. They were tanking just fine with Eli. Yeah. If you told me that Davis Webb was going to be starter and you wanted to get him every single snap, I would understand it from a business perspective. I think it's I mean I just don't think you can botch it any more than this though. Honestly, for what he's done, and I'm not listen, Belichick is is winning because he doesn't pay the past. He pays what he thinks is going to happen in the future and more often than not they're right about what's going to happen in the future with a player. But this is to me different. You know, you you've got to let it ride, let it run out. He won Super Bowls for you. And he's been there, and he's he's battled through injury, and he's, you know, whether you liked him the last couple of years or not, whether his performance dropped, and I think we all agree it, it has. Well, you also didn't put an offensive line in front of him that was any good. And you, you didn't have a, a ton of weapons around him. And well, you drafted the weapons, but the receivers, no one stayed healthy towards the end of this year. Yeah, that's true. But you drafted offensive linemen that stunk. Yeah, Jerry Reese is definitely has a hand in this whole thing as general manager. McAdoo was kept because of all of us who spend every week talking about the NFL going, you got to get some sort of coach that just relates to the quarterback. You have to find that quarterback whisperer. We, we, we applaud Peterson. We applaud all of these other quarterbacks that have found a way. McVay, we talk about him every single week with what mm-hmm. we've done with Goff. 
And I think that's what we thought was happening here with McAdoo. And now they're just losing. They can't score. I've already done that Giants rant. I can't stand watching them play games. I hate that they're on prime time all the time because they're just so damn boring. So if I'm looking at them and they're not scoring, like could he just be benched for poor play and we're being protective of somebody with a resume? Like I'm trying to figure out because it's it's been so many people. Well, here's are the deal: you're going to you're going to lose out because of the way it's been handled, or you, there's no win. You're saying there's no win in this. There's I don't think there's a win unless you really legitimately think you you have to figure out whether you have your future quarterback in Davis Webb, which I can't imagine is the What's case. What's your evaluation on him? I thought he was a good a good player who had the potential, if in the right situation, maybe to become an adequate starter one day. That but doesn't re- sound like much, but right, but really. I thought he was a third, fourth round pick and a guy that could be a good backup for you. So it sounds like I, I'm you dra- buy into what I just way. said. I'm drafting a quarterback as early as I can, and I'm trying to move up as hard as I can to go get one of the top guys. Right. So therefore, there's not much of an evaluation to be had on Davis Webb. He's also, there, like Geno Smith, not the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants. You don't know that. You don't. If do you think there's anything Davis Webb in, could do? Seriously, Todd, is there yeah. anything he could do in the next month to keep them from drafting a quarterback in that top five next year? Hmm. Probably not, but if he comes out and plays lights out and, and the top two guys go and you don't want to reach for Allen and you're going to draft one later, maybe there's a scenario there. Or, or if nothing else, if he comes out and plays really well, you maybe get some trade value down down the line, like a Garoppolo type of thing. A good time, McShay, Will Kane, The Rosilla Show. It's ESPN Radio. Time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. We know Geno Smith, right? Right. Like, we yeah, know I that about by now. him for a second during this segment. All right. But you, we know what we're getting there. there there's no Most upside to playing him. Most of us. Yeah, this can't be about Geno Smith. I mean, you don't even have it under contract for next year. No, this he's is a free about, agent. And, and for the people that go, okay, well, you know, who knows what you even have with Davis Webb. There's a rule, and there's a rule in the NBA. There's a rule in the NFL. I guess you apply to baseball a little bit. But when somebody says, oh, you know, that team, they, you know, the Giants, Drees, those guys really like Davis Webb. No kidding. They drafted him. They had to have liked him. If they're the ones that actually and, drafted and listen, this dude a year ago and passed on another 150 players. There were some people who really thought he was one of the best, I don't know, four, three or four quarterbacks last year coming out, but clearly he lasted till the third round for a reason. It doesn't mean he's not going to be good. We've seen it with other quarterbacks, but there's a reason that he, he got to that point. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think, what do you think the probability is that McAdoo and or Reese are back next year? Well... If they're going to let Reese stay, then that probably means McAdoo is out. Unless you just clean the entire slate with this thing. But it's just not the way the Giants run their organization. They are a very patient organization. And when they win, we applaud them for their patience. So you think McAdoo's gone? We all th- I think McAdoo's gone. I do too. Yeah. And you know why? Because he's slicking his hair back and now he's wearing shades more in the way he walks the Definitely sideline. Why. It's completely unfair. <laughs> but every time I see him with this look now, are you trying to be hotter? That's not going to work. It's better. That back. It is an improvement. Yeah. Is, is it? It is. You being hotter. You know, have you forgotten the the bowl the, cut? What about or? the big suit? You guys carry this in a sixty two. <laughs> um, wait, 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 wait. Is this okay? Uh, Reese. Now let's do Reese. Do you, I don't think Reese will be back. I think they're going to clean house both of them. I'm just giving you that heads up that maybe that maybe you're right, mm-hmm. but. I do think it's so funny how inconsistent we are as voices in the media. That when the Giants win, we point to stability, ownership, yep. patience, sticking it out, on and on and on. And now it's a disaster. Let we me, want everybody let me say out this. There. I'm not saying what, what I think should or shouldn't happen. I get the sense whew, they're clearing the whole thing out. Okay, so this is why I asked you guys that. Okay. If yeah. that's true, Todd, yep. 
What's the upside for the, who's making this call and what's the upside for them? Ownership it, is. It's got to be, right? There, we know they at least rubber stamped it. If that's the case. That seems or, so unlike this Or it's a too. Hail Mary by Reese to save his job saying, look, I did find something that, on web. That would be my guess, yeah. So is the majority of the outrage about this whole thing, is it just because we think Eli deserves to be handled differently, that he should be more respected because of his resume? Is that what we're saying here? Like, it doesn't matter if they haven't been very good. And a lot of that is, I think some of it's him, but a lot of it's the stuff around him. So I'm not making him blameless in this whole thing. But was the outrage in the less than 24 hours when this thing broke, has the outrage been about we feel like he should be handled differently because he's Eli Manning? Yes. Here's the bow on it for me, Ryan. You can unceremoniously dump your franchise quarterback if it makes sense. This doesn't make sense. Well said. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. Say hi to my friend Todd. It's Todd McShay. The Rossillo Show breakdown of college football right here. How many here. times am I going to talk today when my mic is turned off? Uh, probably that's, a lot. That's three. You'll figure it out right at the end of the hour. Will yep. Kane, my co-host... The show, our college football playoff top 25, brought to you by 2018 Ford F-150. It doesn't just raise the bar. It is the bar. Before we get to Kirby Hoka in just over 10 minutes and reacting to last night's rankings, I just want to leave you with this last thought on the Eli thing. The first thing I thought of when they were benching Eli was let's make sure we have the worst possible record. Yes, I thought tanking immediately. And you're right, Will, to point out they very well could have reached maximum awfulness keeping Eli in there considering how much they've struggled. But if you think back to last year, the Bears traded to move up one spot to take Trubisky. So that's moving from three to two. Just to move up one spot, they gave up two extra third-rounders and a fourth. And it gets weird when you're moving up just a spot or two. I mean, sometimes when you're moving up five spots, you're giving up a first in another draft. Yeah, and then a second later. So if you are worried if Darnold isn't coming out and there's maybe only two guys or maybe the front office and Jerry Reese thinks he's staying and doesn't like Josh Allen and maybe Rosen's the only guy, to to be sure you're going to lose the rest of these games, I'm not surprised they're putting Geno or Davis Webb in there hoping that they're that close or like locking in one of those top two picks here because you know Garoppolo's going to win the worst of his games for the 49ers. Uh, you know, there's you pay a really steep price when you're trading up just one spot for a quarterback. To your point, the Giants are sitting third right now. Yeah, drafts tomorrow. They're third behind the Browns and the Niners. I don't know honestly, and the, Ni- and the, Niners, the Niners aren't likely to take. Let's just say I don't know if they're going to be in the market. The Browns no. probably will be. Would it be think. great if the Browns? I don't know did. with them either. Imagine they, if they, they, they right they they. That would be I awesome. say they have. They really should. <laughs> they really should. I'm rooting for the Browns to be to like. Pass. Yeah, be like we didn't like any. Yeah, we've year. got another pick around eight or ten. We'll, we'll, we'll get have, one there. We get a fourth rounder in 2021, and we feel pretty good about it. Whedon, Menzel, Quinn, all of them were a similar situation. Where well, let's pass. We'll get one. We'll get one later. We'll get one later. We'll get one a little bit later. We're gonna do it the Browns way. Okay, the rankings come out last night. I don't even know if you could sit here and go, okay, I'm outraged by any of these things. What do you think is the most obvious tell from what we've seen from last night? Todd? I was surprised Wisconsin was at four, to be honest with you. I know they're undefeated, but I I, I was expecting I don't I don't know that I was expecting. It showed you me thought that Bama was going to be there. Yeah, I thought maybe Bama and then in Georgia, right? But I personally think right now, based off of everything I've seen and just watching games. I can't speak highly enough about Paul Crisp and what he does and how they figure out to, ways to win every week and just the whole machine that is Wisconsin football and has been for the vast majority of the last few decades. But 
I just don't think they're as good as Alabama or Georgia. Now, if they go and beat Ohio State in a neutral site and they're undefeated, I don't. I also don't know how you keep them out. So I guess I'm kind of torn on that. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's a play-in game for Wisconsin. It's, I think, play-in games for the ACC and for the SEC. And then it gets interesting after that if, if Oklahoma were to lose or if um, Wisconsin were to lose, then it opens up kind of the mystery of, all right, is it Bama with one loss? Is it, um, you know, a two-loss Ohio State team? Which I, I'll tell you what, man, I was at that game, so maybe it has a bigger impact on me. The 31 points <laughs> losing to Iowa by 31 points. There's a, a major flaw there. There's something that it, it's hard to get over for me. All right, so if everybody wins, next week it'll look like, Exactly like it looks like this week, except some seedings could change. But it'll be these four teams. If the favorites win, right? Yeah. So when we're looking for what was revealed last night, quarterfinals, Ryan, man. What tells we got? It's under the premise that either Oklahoma and or Wisconsin lose. Here's what I think we learned. And the first one you're going to say that's obvious. The second one less obvious. TCU has no chance. TCU yes. being at eleven, beating Oklahoma will not be enough to vault them into the top four. It will only open up a spot for Alabama or Ohio State. That's all it will do, and I imagine Alabama will be the biggest Horn Frog fans you've ever seen in the next week. That's the first tell. Seeing how low TCU was, number two, I think Alabama is clearly first in line to take one of those open slots, and I'll tell you why. I think Auburn's leap, um, and Ohio State still being at nine says they really, really like the SEC. They just value those teams playing each other. Alabama is sitting there having lost to who they see. Is the number two team, but honestly, they'd be number one. I mean, it's those two losses. They love what Auburn's done, and rightfully so. And it's not going to be held against Alabama that much. So I think if one of those slots open up, Alabama has Ohio State beat. I don't think there's an argument between Ohio State and Alabama. I just don't. And that's with Ohio State winning the Big Ten. And what I'd said this morning on SportsCenter when we were doing the Todd hit is that there's a difference between if we sit there and say, okay, we want the four best teams, well, eventually there's enough losses on your resume where I can't talk about you being one of the four best teams anymore. And most deserving and best do not always align. I think I would pick Alabama on a neutral field. No, I'll just tell you right now. Alabama, Wisconsin, after Wisconsin wins the Big Ten Championship, if they're 13 and they beat Ohio State and you gave me this imaginary world where Bama's lining up at the Sugar Bowl, or I don't care where, pick Alaska. Neutral field against Wisconsin, I'm picking Alabama to win that football game. But at that point, I'd be fine with Wisconsin getting in over Alabama because they won the Big Ten, which at certain points this year you can make an argument is the best conference. I think the best conference thing has alternated week by week this year because it's so close. But there's a difference between, like, I have a certain level where I go to where I go, well, I can't really talk about you being most deserving. I mean, if we're doing the most deserving versus the best, like how many people would have Auburn outside of the top four best teams mentally if they lost in the last second field goal to Georgia in a rematch? A lot of people tell you they still think Auburn's one of the four best teams, but they would have had three losses at that point. Like, what are we doing here? Well, I think the committee agrees with you on this Alabama yeah. versus Ohio State debate. And I think Auburn they leaped, should. I thought Auburn would leap to three. To see that they leaped up Oklahoma as well and went to two just tells me that loss that Alabama has is not going to be held against them the same way Ohio State losing to Iowa is. It's just not going to hurt them. They will fill in the gap when somebody loses. They'll get a little healthier before a playoff game. Alabama will. And I'm just thinking, going through the process of, all right, it was yeah, at Auburn. quarterback injuries excused and in, in other injuries for teams other than that Oregon offensive lineman that was referenced every week for a month. Right. Well, the, the Alabama linebackers have been referenced for a few weeks now. Yeah, but I don't feel like... Well, they're sitting, with, at, they're sitting at five. 
But where else would you put them? Who would you they, put ahead of them? I you actually would have put them at four. Oh, yeah. See, if I were doing the rankings last night, I would have put them four, right. knowing that I was going to put Wisconsin ahead of them later on. I would have had Oklahoma one. I don't know why Penn State's ahead of USC or TCU. Who is Penn State beat? I, Michigan? I, like they're they're good, they have good losses, I guess, compared to... Michigan State's not a good loss. Yeah. I would have gone Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio Auburn, State was Wisconsin close. in that order. So what would you have done? Oklahoma one as well. I agree with you on that. Yep. Clemson two, yep. Auburn three, Wisconsin four. I'm honestly good with any way you want to shake up one, two, three right now. Based off of everything I've seen. Auburn Auburn right now, if you tell me their running back's healthy, carry on Johnson. Auburn is the team I don't want to play the most. Then it's it's tough between Clemson and Oklahoma. Mayfield scares the death out of me. But their defense is, you know, you can keep up in a in, in a back and forth. Clemson's a more complete team. But I yeah, I, I just think you're kind of pulling hair, hairs between those those three. Some split hairs. Yeah, I don't or pull pulling, hairs. Pulling that whatever. Could be seen as flirting. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. I have to go to the gym and untangle my headphones while warming up on the treadmill. And I'll finally untangle them four miles later, at which point I'm going to be real tired. Oh, yeah. Motorcycles make everything exciting. And when Geico makes it easy to switch and save on motorcycle insurance, it's even more exciting. And once I put my headphones in, I realize my phone's dead. Then I get to run in silence. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The playoff rankings out last night, and we are lucky enough here on the Rosilla Show, Will Kane, Todd McShay today, to be joined every Wednesday on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Get instant gold status at Shell. Join the Fuel Rewards program now at fuelrewards.com slash gold. It's Kirby Hoka. What's up, man? How are you today? Good afternoon. How are you guys? We're doing well, man. We're excited, and we're taking a look at all the stuff, and I think I want to start here, okay? Uh, people really beat you guys up for saying that conference championships are part of your criteria. And what I've always tried to point out to people is, okay, it's a criteria that's a tiebreaker when you see the teams as ties. And when you go on TV, like you did last night with Reese, and say all these teams are close, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a tie, right? So when you're using conference championship, like how close does that do those two teams have to be for that to be then the tiebreaker? Well, that's that's a great question, and you're exa- you're exactly right in that the commissioners have given the selection committee great flexibility uh, in identifying the four very best teams in college football for uh, the semifinals. Um, they've said that when 
um, there's razor thin margins. When there's little separation between these teams, they've instructed us to use four criteria, uh, conference championships, uh, strength of schedule, head-to-head if it should occur, and the outcomes against uh, any common opponents. Um, you know, when I, I say that uh, there's teams one through four or teams five through eight are, are close, um, you know, we, we get into the details of talking about uh, relative scoring offense, scoring defense. Uh, we look at special teams performance. We look at points per possession on offense. Uh, plays um, per point on offense and defense. We look at, at strength of schedule. We look at conference championships uh, on on Saturday night and Sunday when we have those metrics in front of us as, as ways to separate these teams. So when I say these teams are close, we're getting to where we're looking at common opponents. We're getting to where we look at head-to-head matchups. We, you know, we want that conference championship uh, criteria there to help us differentiate between these teams and to, to separate them. So, you know, conference championships, when we get to the end of the season, um, as we will on Saturday night, they, they become very important as we, we talk about these teams. Unless the selection committee thinks that unequivocally one team is better than the other, which was proven last year when you had an Ohio State team who did not win their conference championship but was selected to participate in in the semifinals. So um, conference championships, to answer your question, Ryan, are very important, especially uh, when we get to the end of the season when we're trying to separate these teams. Okay, so using last year's example, you go, hey, look, Penn State, Big Ten champs, we sit in this room, we today think Ohio State is the better of the teams, we're putting them in the playoff. Okay, I understand that. Uh So am I led to believe then the committee wakes up today and goes, we believe Wisconsin is the better football team than Alabama even without that conference championship? Uh, yes, that that is correct. Um, that is correct. But and, and I would say that you know that, uh, that there was no um, debate. I, we were we were really confident as a selection committee, um, based on our discussions that we had Monday and Tuesday, that we have the right four teams in front of us. But you know, got to keep in mind that uh, there's only one team out of our top eight this week that is not going to play. Uh, this coming this coming weekend. So we've got seven of our top eight teams that have a chance to, to strengthen uh, their resume and to make an impression positively or negatively on the selection committee uh, this this coming weekend. Hey, Kirby, it's Will Kane. Um, so there's 13 of you guys in this room. Can you explain to me how uh, the recusal policy is going to work? I know some of these guys have affiliations with their different schools involved in the debate. How does that work? Who's going to be picking these teams? Well, we're, we're all in the room, but the recusal policy is, is published, and I, I think uh, people understand the reason for it. Any time that um, a school that you're associated with or a family member of yours is associated with, um, in, in the case of, of Coach Frank Beamer, when we talk about Virginia Tech, uh, Frank still retains some type of compensation or stadium suite premium seating at Virginia Tech, so he's recused. But he also has a child, a, a son, who's a coach at Georgia. So anytime we talk or we vote on Georgia, Coach Beamer's recused from from that vote as well. So um, Gene Smith will not participate in any vote in which uh, Ohio State is 
um, under consideration. Dan Radakovich will not participate in any vote in which Clemson is under consideration. Frank Beamer will not vote when Georgia is under consideration. We also have the uh, flexibility to expand our recusal policy, and we did that last year, and I uh, plan to, to do that same thing this year. So uh, we would not, uh, depending upon what happens this week, but say the rankings uh, stay as as they are, just as an example here, Dan Radakovich would not participate in any votes that would uh, possibly influence who Clemson's opponent was in the semifinals. So we've got the flexibility to extend our recusal um, procedures if need be, and, and that's something that we did last year and, and we would do again this year if uh, if that situation presents itself. Kirby, you're, you're just talking to us here. Nobody else outside of here is, is listening. <laughs> Honest moment. Somewhere, maybe even subconsciously, but somewhere in in the brain, you've got to be thinking, man, if Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin all just went out, whew, we dodged a bullet. Well, well, no, you know, I we we talked um, at the at the end of our meeting on Tuesday because it it you know come come Saturday or Sunday actually um, there's six of us that this will be uh, our our last meeting as a part of the college football playoff selection committee and you know Tyrone Willingham who is in his last year spoke about you know how important serving on on this body was for him to give back to a game that has meant so much to his his life and and not his coaching career Tyrone started talking about his dream of of playing college football and being undersized and and how somebody took a a chance on him and and what that translated to and we sitting in that room we can't wait till this weekend to watch these games with everybody else that's what makes college football great and such a big part of our society today so it's exciting and we look forward to watching these games and however they turn out the one thing we know we're never going to make everybody happy but um we're charged to, to identify the four very best teams, and, and we'll do that come Saturday night and Sunday. Good answer to a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kirby, enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks as always for the time. Well, thanks, guys. Have a uh, great one. Kirby Hocutt from the College Football Playoff Committee. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. Ask Kirby Hocutt this question. Who in the committee room, who is the guy every week? Because you know there's one. There's. I will bet you any amount of money there's one. Where when this person decides to kind of take the floor and argue their case, everyone rolls their eyes and goes, oh, here we go, Will Kane again. That was the fifth time I talked with my mic off. Uh, I'm sure he would have given you a straight answer on that. What if he just came out and said, Alvarez can get a little (laughs) long-winded? I mean, I was messing around with him, and he went to a a teary speech from... Yeah, he gave... Yeah, he really messed with you. Yeah, that was was bad. That was good. That was good, yeah. Political spin. Yeah, he's... I mean, he's becoming a pro. He gave you a story about Tyron Willingham feeling like football gave him life. Right. After you asked, hey, you hope to dodge a bullet this weekend? (laughs) So, and I don't... I'm sure Barry Alvarez is great in that room, but I, I... You know that there's somebody else. They go, oh, God, this guy's takes are the worst. Listen, you... You can recuse Barry Alvarez, but something tells me Barry's... He's good in the other rooms, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, look, he's going to have his work cut out for him this weekend. But are we all in agreement, then, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State, we believe Wisconsin should be in? Agreed. Barry's not on it, just just for the record. Oh, Barry's not? That's right now. Barry's not on it. He's off now? Yeah. Yeah, You never know. I'm just kidding. I've uh, I've lost track. I used to keep up with it, memorize it. It's Jeff Long. Let's move on. Jeff Long. Okay. (laughs) 
Nice. Came with a men's tennis. The Rosillo Show uh, on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. So you can test drive Snapshot to see how much you can save before switching to Progressive. Visit Progressive.com forward slash Snapshot. little music, if you could. We'll get back to Eli's benching with Cowboy great Daryl Moose Johnson. Okay, McShay, the end of the regular season, so we've got a bunch of rapid-fire draft questions for you. Are you ready? Okay, who surprised you the most? I think the the quarterbacks in general, the struggles, because I've never gone on into a year thinking, this is going to be kind of easy, these guys are all so good, and watch three of them at the top, uh, Josh Rosen, Allen, Josh Allen from Wyoming, and, um, and Sam Darnold. Darnold from USC, all have different kinds of struggles, but struggles... Yeah, I told you, I felt like I was a, a defense lawyer all fall. All fall. What's wrong with your boys? The McShay three. Okay, therefore, <laughs> then question number two, who's going to be the top quarterback once all said and done? If I had to bet right now, I would say Josh Rosen. He outplayed Darnold by such a long margin, such a big margin in that game. And you don't base it off of one game, but he is advanced in terms of his, his pocket passing. Darnold has regressed a little bit because of everything around him, I believe getting in some bad habits, but um, I would say right now I would, I would bet on Rosen. Do you think Rosen has a better career than Darnold? Hmm. Whew, good one. No. Whoa, he's still hanging on. Still hanging on. I love it. Okay, um, what went wrong with one player? I know you don't like to do this to the kids, but give me somebody you just go, I don't know what happened. Josh Sweat. The defensive end from Florida State, his production's solid, and he's a good player. I just I thought he was going to take it to another level. He was healthy coming into this year, and I thought he was going to be one of those elite pass rushers that really climbed up. And um, he's a good player. He's still going to be the first few rounds, but I, I thought he might have a chance to move into that like top ten range. Just didn't get there. Who's the biggest difference maker in this draft? Difference maker, probably Saquon Barkley running back so that could have been either side of the ball and you're just going yeah yeah difference maker okay so then what's saquon barkley's floor i'm not talking about as a player but the lowest he could go in the draft i would be really surprised if he's not a top 10 pick so 10 is the floor 10 is the floor okay all right you put your money on it right now who will be number one overall rosen josh rosen UCLA quarterback. What if it's the Browns, though? Would they trade back and take? Yeah, and it still will be Rosen to a team moving up to get a quarterback. I'm telling you right now, I'm rooting for it. Of course you are. I'm rooting for it. I want them to be like, yeah, just another year we don't really like these guys. Because I do think that a lot of the criticism is unfair, so I'd like to see them double down on it. Like, you know oh, sorry, s- we didn't take the FCS kids? Sorry. You know how you can see certain guys in certain uniforms, see certain guys in certain cities, you go, yeah, that makes sense. Josh Rosen in a Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland Browns uniform does not make sense. No. Would Josh Rosen, Allen makes more sense. Yeah. Would, would Rosen go, you know what? No. Would yes, he, he would. Eli? I think I feel comfortable saying yes, he would. <laughs> you're, just, you're just going with it. There are rumors about Darnold. But... That, right, right. That was yeah. the whole Darnold story. Okay. Give me, speaking of small schools, give me a small school guy, the first guy to go. Dallas Godair. Go, <laughs> I, Godert. Godert. I hope Godert. it's not Godert. I think it's Godert. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is. From South there. Dakota State. He's going to be the first Maybe tight end. I think the first tight end taken in this year's draft. There's a PBR bull rider named Ryan Dirt Eater. You like that? Is it Dirt Eater his real last name? Mm-hmm. I think he's Native American or he has uh, connections, but yeah, it's Dirt Eater. So Go Dirt could be it. I'm just saying. I'm sure um, I'll know in uh, two minutes, Twitter. How many quarterbacks will go in the first round? 
Oof, tough one. The over-under Vegas will set will be three and a half, I would guess. And I would... If Darnold's out, you're taking the over. If, if somebody else yeah, is going to take Mason Is Darnold, Rudolph. Rosen, if they both Baker? go out, Josh Allen will still wind up going, even though he's, he's struggled this year and he's got the shoulder injury. He's just too talented for uh, you know an organization not to take a chance. And I think Baker Mayfield has a chance. I think he's played his, his way into a possibility of being a first-round draft pick. So that leaves Mason Rudolph... And Lamar Jackson on the yep. outs. Where does Lamar Jackson end up going? Oh man, I, maybe second round somewhere because team's taking a chance on his ability to develop. I wish he would go back another year. Although I don't know how much it would help. I just think he needs to get bigger and stronger. He's got a lot of room to still improve as a pocket passer and accuracy and, and the most important aspects of it. But you can't coach what he has. So I, a team will take a chance on him. Probably in day two, it would be my guess. When you click on a mock draft that's not your own or Mel's and you see Lamar Jackson going three to the Giants, do you read the rest of the mock draft? Ask Will. Okay. Thank you. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show Podcast. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Will Kane today on the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. We got top five, bottom three, brought to you by Sport Clips. You watch sports. We cut hair. It's perfect. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. The top five. The and bottom three. Go, go town. Number You're, five. All right. I like it. Los Angeles Rams. You know, because of all the stuff that get caught up in the news cycle, I feel like that Rams win against New Orleans didn't get enough acknowledgement. That's a that's one of the best wins of the season for any team. The way the Saints have been playing, granted it's on the road, but Rams are better than them that day. Hey, they both looked good in that yeah, game. Yeah, th- yeah, well. No, I mean the Saints had 10 points late. That's one of those games where if that's played in New Orleans, I'm not sure it comes out the same way. Well, that's that's fine. Yeah. And Kamara is just stunning. Alvin Kamara is amazing, but you have to give the nod to the Rams. They did outplay him. And the Rams defense, by the way, Ryan, I mean, that's that's going to play in January. That defense is going to play. Number four, Minnesota Vikings. Number three, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two, New England Patriots. And yes, number one, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I like that you're being, you know, you're holding out. You're projecting here. You're projecting the rest of the No, way. hold on, just so they don't lose their ever-loving minds. Right. Number one is the 10-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. Happy? 
Okay, I'm usually Pittsburgh guy, and I have them higher, but I'm dropping them. I don't know what the hell their problem is. I don't know why with this defense and some of the guys they have on it, we all understand the offensive weapons, but why do they have awful teams play so well against them? And I don't see any way. How are they going to be able to defend Brady with the way their corners play sometimes? So, uh, even though I like them and I like all their talent, I usually have them a lot higher. Uh, I'm going to put them at five. I got the Rams at four. That means Minnesota three because if you're doing some of that college football stuff and the head-to-head as much as I like that Rams win, I got to love that Minnesota Vikings win at home against them not that long ago. So then I have Philadelphia two. Although if you did a weird anti-Alabama thing against the Eagles, do you realize the Panthers are the only team with a winning record that they've beat? Strength of schedule. If this were college football, what this, wins do you have, right, Eagles? Be like, dude, the Eagles haven't even played anybody. It's not like they even go north. Well, it'd be weird for them to go north of schedule. Who are they going to schedule? Maine and your Pats at number one. Bottom three: Browns, Packers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Browns, <laughs> Niners. You know what I'm going to do? Because Garoppolo's there. Browns, Giants, Niners. Cosine. Garoppolo. Did it, did you read anything this week? Like he showed some things. He threw like a garbage touchdown at the end. Well, he's starting. I read that. Yeah, he's starting. Who who thought he was never going to play? There's no way he was not going to play this year, right? Right. Niners expert, Sir Rudy. Uh, an interesting Ooh. nugget that I heard about this whole situation was Love he's nuggets. obviously playing the Bears. They're playing the Bears 49ers this week. And when Kaepernick made his debut, it was also against the Bears, and he like blew up onto the scene that created that whole first quarterback controversy. So maybe they were just waiting for the Bears to have a great game, blow up, boom, Garoppolo's started going forward. There are teams, and the Broncos are at the head of my list on this, teams where I still see in the beginning of the game how you look defensively, and I go, you're still a good football team, but you know you have no chance with, with your offense. And then they had to make their switch because of an injury when Paxton Lynch was out. Okay, then that brings us to Eli Manning. Perfect. The Denver Broncos. Are they the landing spot, the retirement home for Elon Manning and his entire family? Do you think he wouldn't want to do it? So what we're trying to figure out is how many teams we think are in play here. And we can figure, we may not, I don't think we'll complete the list here in a few minutes, but. I think we will. <laughs> you don't think, like, do you think he would want to go there because of paid or not want to go there because of paid? I think it's a great story. I don't think that's following in your brother's shadow. I think he's done enough to step outside of that shadow as it is. And I think it's a cool little familial story that your retirement home is in Denver. I love Denver. Um, can we play the Schefter bite? All right, I got it right here. I don't even know what it is. Blind toss, left one, right one, left one, right one. Tom Coughlin is in Jacksonville, and we do know that Jacksonville has a championship defense, and we do know that Jacksonville lacks a quarterback right now, and Eli Manning might be the perfect bridge. Denver, we've seen Mannings go and finish their career in Denver before, <laughs> and that's worked out. But we might as well start the speculation now about where Eli Manning will be playing next year because it certainly does not look like. Give me that drop. Give me that Manning's drop, please. Who was who was in here pre-show? Was that you, Sarudi, saying that Eli wouldn't want to go there and do what Peyton did? Yeah, I just feel like little brother thing is he just going to really follow in Peyton's footsteps. I'm not saying it's not a great spot for him to land, but I don't know. I just thought like you wouldn't think about that. You'd be like totally cool if your older brother you did something exactly the same as your older brother did. I got brothers. Let me tell you something. That's something that matters when you're in your teens, your early twenties, when you're establishing yourself in life. Oh, I don't you know get about to that. a point where it's like, hey, we're both self actualized here. We're fine. We can do this. I would have thought the first thing I thought on the Denver story would be that Peyton can go to Eli and go, Hey, it's great. Elway's great. He's gonna let you do your thing. Look what happened with me. And like, let's do this. But if that's the case, the comfort level, 
because Peyton had been there before. So I went the other way. I saw it as a positive, not a negative following in his footsteps. That's why Jacksonville, you would think, would be the favorite there. And, by the way, Coughlin, who can't stand Reese, the GM who just let him go and now benched Eli, that's going to be the revenge season for the Jags. 2018 is going to just be a big like dartboard of Giants people. That's you're the right. poster you're going to get as a fan. This may bleed over into the next thing, but I set the over under at two. I don't think that's far off. It's the Broncos. It's the Jaguars. And I'll just give you the three next teams, and I'm not sure the interest that level is that high. The Bills, Dolphins, and Redskins, assuming, of course, Kirk Cousins leaves. You don't think the Jets and Woody Johnson would love to bring in Eli Manning? I don't see a 37-year-old quarterback on the Jets as I don't anything. think they care. <laughs> I think they would love to do it. I think he left off Arizona. The Ryan Rossillo Show. All right, I saw first take. You were heated, my man. The Eli Manning situation. <laughs> yeah, I had. Uh, I think I blew a couple gaskets in the in that uh, in that segment on on first take. I was over there, and yeah, not yeah. many people know I was in that. I, segment, <laughs> but I was in the segment, and I got to tell you, the whole time I was going, "Is it fifteen to two? Is it five to one? I can't remember the CPR count. Breaths to pumps. Oh yeah, oh, dude. I, I don't even think I, I probably took like two breaths. Like during okay, the so whole why time. why are you so upset about this? I'm not. No, I'm not. Ups, I'm not. Ups, I'm not upset. Um, I think my whole point is, um, people are making this. You know this uproar about benching Eli and I'm like this is pro football like what what makes Eli different from any any other player that's that's you know any high profile player that's you know had a pretty good career that's you know that teams have moved on from you know I understand people so you're about going the people, going the other way of everybody else on yeah this. I'm just yeah I just feel like You've had listen it. he's been he's been on the downward trend for years people just really upset because it's Gino you know that's where that's where the that's where the um, that's where people are really upset. It's not because, uh, you know, oh Eli is, you know, he's how could you do this to a two time Super Bowl champ? It's like, guys, it's pro football. This stuff has happened all the time throughout the history of pro football. Like, get over yourselves. But and this is the point I tried to make to you: <laughs> the whole it's for Geno thing is a legitimate reason for everybody to be upset. And here's why: I'm with you. Eli isn't always been cracked up to be, especially over the last couple of years. I would even argue, and I think you and I have on first take before, that he's overrated through his entire career based upon two very big wins. But that doesn't lead you to say, well, you know what, let's bench him for Geno Smith. It just doesn't add up. None of the reasons to bench Eli add up to me, Damien. None of them. No, the, no evaluation of Geno, no evaluation of Damien What's the downside Smith. here? What's the downside? They keep losing? See, that's what I thought. And and some What's people have just downside? completely shot that down as if, well, you know, there's still teams ahead of them. I, look, man, sometimes teams that want to move up one spot in the draft to draft a quarterback pay a ransom just to move up one spot. We saw it with the Bears. So I, I do think that there's an advantage to going, let's just make sure we're going to lose the rest of these games. That's that's my first thought was that, but I've seen so many people shoot it down. I don't know what to think anymore. Well, I, I just think I just think like everyone's making such a huge fuss about it. I'm like Probably because well, of Gino, though. Well, yeah, it's, it's you know people Jets. saying it's, it's right because yeah. everybody everybody remembers the the whole sucker punch and he get he got his jaw broken. My guy that was catfished twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But my whole thing is, what's the downside here? There's, what's the downside? Honestly, the owners, the, the owners, the owners signed the off on it. This is not. It wasn't like it was Ben McAdoo okay, who just so, made this. So the did owner, everybody, was like, everybody wrong this, yesterday? Should people have not lost their minds? Is that your position on this? 
I just think like people, like people need to get over themselves. Hmm. Like seriously, everyone is just yeah, well, rolling on the floor like crying. Oh, Eli, well, how could they do this to Eli? And I'm like, get over yourselves. It's pro football happens. Is there Happen- a right way and a wrong way to do things? As a player, I, I, I think as there's a, a parent. Ro- no, as a player, as a person, as a as a player, I think there's a right way. But Will's trying to set you up. Right <laughs> I know, now, he, you know yeah, he is. Doing. He's being real. I think it's payback for not for the first take. <laughs> That's like, what I think. Did it is. Stephen A. have to tell you to stop talking this morning? I think I caught that at some point. No, Stephen A. Everyone told Damon to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Dude, I w- literally, I think I had like tunnel vision to Max the whole time. <laughs> really? Seriously I, seriously, I think I. You just like you were seeing like, everything else black. Like, I just out, blacked out everybody. And I just saw Max because Max was just, you know, once Max just Max started coming at me, I'm just like, I just zeroed in on him, and I'm like, just screw everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the devil in you. I saw you how you got that name, Damian. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Damian Woody here. Will Kane, Rosilla Show. I cannot let you come by and hang out. I could ask you about the slate. I could ask you about a bunch of stuff. But what is going on in the comic book movie world? Dude, we were had we were talking about this before before we got this thing started. I said, man, DC Comics is getting their butt kicked right now by Marvel. Like DC Comics should be ashamed of the of that stuff they're putting on the movie theaters. I mean, People the Batman versus that. the Batman versus Superman was hot garbage. Uh, Justice League terrible. I mean, what about what about Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad was okay. Whoa, no you know one says that. Suicide Squad was okay. Wonder Woman is really holding down DC Comics. Wonder Woman is holding down DC Comics. Marvel is just—they are wiping the floor with DC. If I'm DC Comics, just push the reset button and start over. Seriously, because it's embarrassing right now. What's Have best? y'all seen that trailer for Infinity Wars? Dude, I the Avengers I, or what's going on? Yeah, the on? yeah, like it's everybody though, right? I'm I'm literally like a 12 year old right now. Like you came in, you walked in and said, "Have you seen the trailer yet?" And I was like, "What trailer? What are you talking about?" Yeah, see, you and, you gave me like you gave me like that get off my lawn type thing. I just think that the Avengers thing is it's hard to put my arms around it anymore, and I'm a little annoyed they did a Spider Man that was basically it was basically an Iron Man movie. Dude, like Spider Man's point. Spider Man's getting you younger. Can't have a character base like there's no such thing as an Iron Man movie anymore. Now you got to have everybody. You gotta, yeah. I need more. I need some fireworks, some icing on the cake. I'm extra expecting Rambo icing, to stop by. Ten characters. Is that fair? What for Rambo? You said no, but you you want the you want the stakes to be raised every single time. Yeah, it's like uh, the, the bar has got to be raised. Like, have you seen Thor Ragnarok? No, dude, you man, you you lame right now. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, man, you yeah. like lame. Like, how can we have a discussion? Dude, you gotta go out and see Thor. Yeah, but you know I like comic books. Is he good? Talking about yeah, stuff. it's really good. I heard it was really good. Yeah, I'll it's really it. good. I'll see it at some yeah, point. Like, don't get me don't get me sweating okay. here talking about this type of stuff. Last time we talked to you, we went through well, not the last time, but we did an extensive television drama review. But right now, Punisher, where are you at? Best Marvel movie on Netflix, and I'm a huge Luke uh, Luke Cage fan. The Punisher is a real deal. But you, you think Punisher you is had, better? You, you think Punisher's better? Uh, yeah, I think Punisher's is better. Is that tough for you to say? No, it's not tough for me to say, but you have a real problem with the Punisher. Would it t- I what love is the it? show. I love the show, but the Punisher can't be smaller than Microchip. <laughs> that actor's great. The guy from Walking Dead. So but He's so, not. Like, Punisher was a big dude. So you're saying he needs to get in the weight room? Something. Something. He's really good at it, though. It's a great show. Check out the Punisher. We're not yeah, gonna, I don't do comic book stuff. You Nothing. You don't know anything about what we're talking about I've right done now. some of the Avenger movies. You they were honestly, you, to your point, other they were good movies. Ultron wasn't. 
the age of Ultron. Yeah, it was okay. It yeah. was it it was okay. The rest of them are good. Yeah. The rest of them are good. Yeah. All right. So Punisher, we're on agreement. Absolutely. Eli, we got some work to do. We got some work to do on Eli, and it's not over. Like literally, I got more fire to spit. <laughs> okay. So looking forward to that. Okay. <laughs> Listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.